an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Welcome, everyone, to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for the day. Happy Thursday, everyone. I'm here with, I believe, Bob Savage. Bob? I believe you're right. So, uh, so if we're hosts and co-hosts for a day, do we get to wear hats or something? Or? I mean, I, I'm always wearing a hat. Are you wearing a hat? I can't not, see it. No. It's radio. So. No. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have told us you, you're wearing your co-host hat. We would, No one would have known. No, they would know. Marsha McLuhan <laughs> says know. the medium is the message. So it would ah. it would somehow, it would get out there somehow. And I, I can't impair my credibility with your audience. I'm, I'm, not, a, Bob, I'm not about they, to do that. Thank you for your integrity. Uh, I, I, I suggested otherwise. I tempted you. you. You're holding strong, though. Thank you. Thank, thank you for noticing that, Kevin. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So, no, it, well, it's been a couple days. We sort of had a – well, we had a primary Tuesday. We had elections going on. Andrew and I spent our time talking about that on Tuesday, and we – we don't quite know all the results yet. We know a few, like New York 27, it seems like Chris Collins, or not, not Chris Collins, Chris Collins' old district, uh, Chris, Chris Jacobs. Jacobs. Chris Collins' old district, Chris Jacobs is the guy who probably won. Uh, but it's not, it, it, Nate McMurray's not conceding yet. Our friend Dwayne didn't do as well as he had hoped, but he's hoping to build from that. What did he get? Yeah, um, 1%, 1%, I think I saw. Yeah. So, got to so, start uh, somewhere. You know, you got to start somewhere. So you, you just keep building out, keep doing the message. You know, I know Dwayne's uh, going to be out there uh, hitting the streets and talking to voters again for the general election. It looks like he probably won his primary. Um, and then Chris Jacobs looks like he probably won his primary for the Republican Party. No primary for the Democrats. So that's what's going on there. Most of the other stuff, though, it's not conclusive yet because there's so much mail-in voting this time that it may be another week and a half before we know the actual results of the election. So one of the questions that we got on Tuesday's episode, a few people had asked in the online comments, well, what does Bob think of mail-in voting? Because Andrew and I were kind of like, ah, oh, we're okay with this, and, and we want to you know, shift it so people can vote online. We, we have our pie-in-the-sky dreams of being able to vote while you know sitting in our mom's basement or whatever. Like we, we, I, I believe that I should be able to vote from my computer if I want to. Bob, people well, are asking, what do you think of that? Well, uh, I'm, I'm not in favor of it. Uh, the, the problem is the security that's involved. Uh, how, how do we know that the person who's casting the vote is actually the person who is, you know, supposed to be the voter? And uh, have you ever, I mean, this, this mail, by the way, absentee ballots and uh, voting by mail are two separate things. We don't want to confuse those two, and I think a lot of people yeah. do confuse those two things. But uh, this, uh, you know, I mean, so you mail the ballots out to people, and has anybody ever gotten someone else's junk mail? 
Has anybody ever had mail that was misdirected to their homes? I just think uh, I, I think there's a huge potential for voter fraud. Yeah, I mean they they got the system out in like Washington State, right? Like, uh, don't they don't they all vote by mail there? I'm pretty sure they all vote by mail. Although I'd imagine there's problems, right? Like if if you're just everyone's voting by mail, you know, do you have to request it there? Is it something that just gets sent to your house? If that's the case, is everyone making sure they're updating the voter information? It's a fair question. With, with the with the absentee ballots that happened in New York State this time, which is not quite absentee ballots, but they are they're mail-in ballots. You could request for health reasons to get a mail-in ballot. Um, and yeah, you're I mean you're right though. Like, could you could could your neighbor, your roommate take that? And is that you know significant enough to worry about voter fraud? I think the I think the potential is enormous because it's just actually when it comes to voting period, Kevin, I'm kind of a voting purist. I'm not in favor of early voting. I'm not in favor of late voting. I'm not in favor. I mean, the the exception that I would make would be for military personnel serving uh, away from their you know home district, and the only way that they can vote is through absentee ballot, that sort of thing. Maybe extreme uh, you know health issues, but I just think that if you want to vote, you want to participate in the process, you get your butt to the poll on election day and you vote. That's 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 the way I feel about it. Just show up. But what about online voting though? Like I, I can go to apply for a loan online. You know, it's it's secure enough. I can pay the government my taxes and my student loans and all that stuff. Can't we do the same thing with online voting? I think the stakes are bigger with voting than they are with applying for a loan. I, I you know, the, the the people who are participating in uh our elective democratic republic need to have you know, pure access uh and with uh, w- without any undue influence and any funny business. And I just think, you know, the, the more exceptions and the more uh, fiddling around we do with the voting system, the more we're inviting uh, fraud. You, you just multiply the avenues of voting times the opportunities for fraud, and you come up with uh, not a good result for the country. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an absolutely fair point. And we, we did get a comment online that said, yes, I got a former tenant's ballot. So that's uh, from, from Dale. Thank there you, you go. Dale for uh, commenting in. So th- that can absolutely happen. That's, you know, that's, I think, a, a valid concern. I, I think listeners felt like I wasn't making the case against mail-in voting strong enough. They, they could sense that I, I was kind of in favor of it. So they're looking for reinforcements from Savage. <laughs> Savage, yeah, parachute, parachute in here and save us. No, yes, I, I, I'm a, I, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I am against mail-in votes. Yes, I am. Yeah, except for the military. That's yeah, well, that's absentee ballots. I think that that, and, you know, there, there, are, there are ways using... The you know the the military now that they're the greatest record keepers or the greatest uh, most organized uh, um, you know entity in the world, but they, they there are safeguards that can be built in there systemically. I think that you can in the general population. Fair enough. So I, I so I still think that I should be able to vote from an app. I feel like there's there's got to be a way to do it securely. I like I I don't I don't want to look away from my Facebook app for more than like ten seconds. I just want to switch apps. Cast my vote, be done with it. I want to get off off my butt. Uh, you, about, you, is that you too young, much to ask? You young people and your phones, get <laughs> off my lawn. <laughs> yep, nope. Just uh, just a uh, just a millennial. Just uh, not wanting to get off my phone at all. Not wanting to to leave my house. Just just gonna. I, I just want convenience. Let's let's test I, this uh, hypothesis. Are you on your phone right now, Kevin? How'd you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
No, like you, you can see if I, sometimes I'll, I'll do it during the show, and, see? and I know see? like you know, the you're out in radio land. While you're you can't, talking to me. I know you are. Yeah, out out in radio land, they, they can't see me on my phone. But when I'm on YouTube and Facebook and all that, occasionally I'm sure like I pull up my phone. I'm like, oh, my phone's in camera. Like they're gonna know I'm like texting in the middle of the show. Usually I'm looking stuff up. That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm researching. It's for the show. It's not just to have a conversation. It's so that you, the listener. Are getting the best information possible. So That's funny. why I'm on my phone. Call. It's so funny the f- the phone culture that we have right now. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I have a confession to make. Uh, while Kevin was just speaking with me, I looked at my phone because my lovely the lovely Mrs. Savage sent me a, a little text line, and I did read that. But I was listening to you all the time. What was your name again, Kevin? <laughs> uh, but I, how, how many of you have had this experience where you get on, let's say, three ninety five ninety, you know, some expressway where you have the opportunity to look into the adjacent car while you're driving along. And you go, I, I play this little game with myself where I, uh, I, tr- I count how long it takes me to encounter a car where the driver is not on the phone. And <laughs> I'm not kidding. Not, not on the phone. Not on the phone. Not on the phone. I, I will, I'll go, you know, three, four miles and see... No cars where somebody's not got a phone in their hand. All right, so so like not not like just up against your ear, but like texting or something. Yeah, they're looking. They got propped up on the wheel, or they're holding it. You know, it's a handheld device, and they are just look. They're not looking out the windshield. They're just looking at the phone. Yeah, I mean, I I believe you. I I, I don't look that much. I'm not. Maybe I'm at the look now. Like, because I'm a big thing. I, I I think you should be able to talk on the phone while driving i i don't think it's that distracting texting no. though yeah. texting is is a whole other deal and right. i see people like i've seen people play games on their phone oh while gosh. driving while driving me and i'm like hey could you could you not do that right now like <laughs> focus on the road we're going 60 miles an hour down a windy country road like pay attention well this is on the expressways for the most part yeah. i mean obviously i don't drive alongside other cars on two-lane roads <laughs> at least i try not to but uh it's I, look talking on the phone is fine because you can have a conversation with somebody in the car who's with you. And similarly, you can have a, uh, a hands-free conversation with somebody on the phone. And actually, I use the car as kind of a place to catch up on calls that I need to make. Because yeah. uh, they just tend to pile up on me. I just can't talk to everybody. So I get in the car. Nothing else I can do. Might as well return some calls. And that's fine because you can do that hands-free with the wonderful you connect in my Jeeps. Uh, but... Um, uh, but texting, I, I never text and drive. Yeah, no, definitely good safety advice. Don't text and drive. It's a, it's a bad idea. Don't do that. But we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to shift subjects after the break, talk about some uh, Phase 4 stuff uh, here in Radio Free New York. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for listening. listening to Radio Free New York. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for the day, joined by Bob Savage, the co-host for the day as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening here. Uh, we're live on WYSL uh, from noon to one today, this Thursday. And Bob, if, if someone wants to call in, how can they call in? Hey, can they can call. The they can call locally uh, if you're near the mothership here at 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000 if you'd like to join the conversation. And uh, to our friends who might be listening you know, outside the uh, media calling area, it's free, 866-552-1009. Love to hear from you. 
Absolutely. And of course, we're reading your comments online. I'm reading your comments online. And thank you, everyone who's listening later to our friends at WACK in Newark and WENY, the Patriot down in the Southern Tier. We love you guys, too. Thank you for listening today. I uh, want to talk a bit about uh, Phase 4. Mm. It's about to happen tomorrow. Phase 4, what, which was originally supposed to be, I think, the final phase, the final phase of uh, reopening for New York State, the Finger Lakes region where we're based. It appears to be going into phase four tomorrow. Everything's going down. Everything's going good, which, you know, some states, is, it's not going so well right now. But in, in this area, it's going well. But it looks like not everything's going to open. Yeah, if it's, it's phase, if it's phase four and things stay closed, what's the point of phase four? <laughs> I, I, this is this is like the latest trick that the uh, that the Albany crowd is pulling us. Oh, it's going to be Phase Four! Yay! We're finally going to open up. Oh, oh, by the way, malls can't open. Yeah, <laughs> come, give me a break. Movie That's theaters? No, nope, no. Nope. Uh, it, it's so it's a meaningless Phase Four for the most part. Yeah, well, th- those are going to have to wait till uh, Phase Fifteen. Fine. Yeah, fifteen point six. Yep. So just in, in thirty. You know, or what? How many? Two weeks for every one of those. So just you know, twenty, twenty-two more weeks. That's all. It's a short amount of time. We can't be too safe, Bob. No, uh, that's that's a great point. You know, weren't we told and told and told here since March that what we have to do is we have to flatten the curve. What we have to do is we have to cut down on uh, hospitalizations. We have to cut down on inf- infection rate. We have to get tested. We've done that. Done all that. So you know, on the one hand. Uh, Andy Cuomo is bragging about how low our infection rate is and how what a great job we've done, and then he continues to slow walk the economic recovery. Yeah, and it, and that it is really hurting people too. Again, I, it, gyms are no longer going to be able to open in phase four. Uh, movie theaters aren't going to be able to open in phase four. Uh, they're limiting uh, some of the recreational activities that people thought were going to be opening in phase four. Uh, you know, if you're you're a gym owner and you are planning on opening, then you know. You're in trouble now. You're, again, same thing they did with the the phase two rollout is suddenly they changed everything after the expectation was set weeks ago that they were going to be able to open at this time period. If it, if it couldn't open because the cases went up or whatever, that I, I get that at least like that's that's the criteria they set. But that's not what's happening here. They just arbitrarily changed the stuff, which if you're a business owner, again, now you, now you're in a lurch. You're stuck. You're expecting your employees to come back this week, and now, what are you going to do? What you, you got to tell those employees? Oh, we're going to have to sit around for another at least two weeks, maybe more, depending on when the governor changes his, his mind. Do I throw in this uh, this uh, gym story? As long as, as long as we're talking about gyms, this gym story, real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oxford, Massachusetts, an escalating standoff with a local gym owner came to a head. The town moved in, changing the locks on his business, ordering any members inside to leave. This week, a judge ruled the town could use whatever means necessary to close the facility and took the first step overnight by turning off water and electricity to Prime Fitness, where the owner, David Blondin, says, I understand shutdown laws and rules, but enough is enough. Under the state's emergency shutdown order, gyms are not allowed to open to phase three blondin reopened his doors one month ago with the support of his members quote you're gonna have 25 30 people at the most down the street at target and walmart it's 100 people at a time it's ridiculous said member james lazonis oxford town council mike mark reich oh that's an interesting and appropriate last name the reich called it a matter of public health and safety this kind of operation could lead to a spike in the virus are you out of your mind 
With 25 people inside, that's going to lead to a spike? I don't think we should be impacted by the intent of one individual to flout the law. And Blondin is getting a $1,300 a day fine. Uh, and uh, he believes the town has other intentions. It almost seems they want to put me out of business completely, he said. So uh, th- there it is. There's the government boot on your neck, if you will, uh, and, uh, and completely unjustified. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's what it looks like. It looks like, you know, the the government basically seizing your business at that point, uh, finding you into oblivion, and this guy's probably going to lose his business for this. And again, the, we've been saying this whole time, like, there there are great ways for people to be able to open up safely, to take precautions. You educate people on what the actual risks are and, and kind of go from there. And, and gyms are, you know, no exemption to that. You can, you can figure out safe ways. Now... I'll say this, you know, it's, uh, Bob. Did you see the the, the thing with uh, the gyms putting people in bubbles? Have you no. seen that one? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I I almost saved this for fake news Friday. It's, it's a couple weeks old now, but there's a gym. They basically they put four walls and uh, clear plastic wrap around all the gym equipment. So one person's around, uh, allowed in that bubble at a time, and you can exercise in there. And that. Uh, Maybe the future gyms. What happened to the uh, what happened to the CDC uh, conclusion of three weeks ago that you don't get the stuff from surfaces? It, it, it uh, or maybe I guess you know because of the nature of physical exercise, you're exhaling a lot more. Tends to be a lot more droplets. Tends to be sweat and spit and everything else. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, I don't know. It seems to me like we're doing pretty well with this coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what the assumption is, right? Like, if you're in your gym, you're breathing heavy, you're you're projecting more droplets out, and that could potentially get people more sick, right? So, so that's why they built the bubbles around all the gym equipment, which is, you know, a fascinating look at our dystopian present. Um, but, but you know, maybe it's effective. But you know, people are finding creative ways to try to keep people safer, right? And that's that's, you know, how it is. I mean, and I I don't know that that's any less safe being at a gym and in a little bubble than you know i i went out and, and finally got to go out to eat for the first time i i know outdoor dining's been open for a while but i hadn't been anywhere until monday went out to bill gray's got a plate it was great a little bit weird you know they got the uh the, the staff all have the masks on you're supposed to wear your masks in the store but then I'm, I'm walking through people i'm walking around people why shouldn't i be able to go to a gym i and again i but i go to, to some of these big box stores like that gym uh owner was saying you know, some of these places are packed. You know, it's. I was uh, I, I was in Home Depot the other day. I got yelled at by not not by anybody in the, you know oh, in charge in the store. Uh, no, I didn't have a mask on. Oh, see, if you if you go to Home Depot, there is no sign that says mask required. Uh, it just says uh, you know please uh, respect other people, maintain social distancing. A perfectly reasonable admonition. And all the time I was in the store, I was. Very respectful. I, look, I don't want to scare people. They don't know if I'm healthy or not. Uh, and so that's fine. So I maintain that the, is, it, if we have to have six feet in social distancing, what's the function of masks? And if we have a mask on, why is six foot social distancing necessary? <laughs> you know, and if the two of those are both both conditions are present, why can't we pretty much go wherever we want if we're if we're wearing the mask and you know, maintaining social distancing. But I don't know. It's just uh, you, you saw in Washington State that uh, Governor Jay Inslee now says anybody in public anywhere, set foot outside your house, got to have a mask on. That's that's a little bit silly. 
Again, yeah, I think like you're right. If if you have both of those together, I think that masks do serve a purpose. I think social distancing serves a purpose. And if you have both of those together, you should be able to go pretty much anywhere. It's it's pretty effective. So it seems as long as people are you know following those rules. Now I believe we have a caller on the line. Though. Dave uh, from Rochester. Dave from Rochester. Real, yeah, real quick, Dave. Oh, the the whole mask thing is ridiculous. Uh, the wife and I bought a package of those surgical looking masks. It says right on there they're not effective. I mean, the only thing it's going to stop is a loogie and. Gyms are full of people that are usually healthy. That's not a risk. It's the older people, the infirm people. You know, if you've got asthma, I'm guessing you're not going to be on the stationary bike or the treadmill. I'm just, you know, thinking out loud. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 Ridiculous. No question about it. And I uh, appreciate the call, Dave. Uh, they, the, uh, the, the, the curve, the demographic curve or the age curve, if you will, of coronavirus, which was originally thought to be kind of a U where you had a high infection risk among young people, a high infection risk among elderly people. It's now more like a J, apparently, where this is primarily a, a, a disease of older people. <clears throat> and uh, it's and last I knew, I think 55% of the deaths COVID-related uh, were in nursing homes. And we think that that number is artificially suppressed because we know that New York is cooking the books. Uh, New York had the highest you know, fatality rate for COVID, and particularly in nursing homes. And we know that, uh, that, that Andy Cuomo is trying to uh, you know, cover his tracks and, and, and make his disastrous order look a little less disastrous back in March. Absolutely. All right, so we'll, we'll keep talking about some of this stuff uh, here on the, uh, after the break. Thanks again for listening to Radio Free New York. We'll be back soon. Listening to Radio Free New York. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilton, your host for the day, joined by Bob Savage, who's in studio. Heidi, away from me. Yes. Can't wait. I, I, I want to get back to the studio eventually. I, I should get back there. I miss it. Miss you guys. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, get that eye contact going. It's just a. It's a better thing. Nice thing. I don't. I don't miss a drive. It's a bit of a hike for me, but. I do miss being in studio. It's a nice thing. Well, it's a great uh, opportunity to catch up on your texting, though. You know, hop on 390 and... Exactly. When else am I going to do it? <laughs> prop, prop that phone up on the wheel and, you know, yeah, just, and just, uh, just pretend that the outside world doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, uh, I, mean, I, I put on cruise control. That's basically like autopilot. Perfect. Right? I just go along and write my emails and send my texts. It's, it's all good. Well, with cruise control, uh, you know, you put your feet up on the dash and kind of like recline and that six-way power seat <laughs> yeah that's a great thing no i i tell you when when that thing when that actually becomes a thing I, i'm very excited like autopilot cars when 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 i could get a tesla that actually does it i'm down because i absolutely will for real text and play on facebook the whole time if if i am able to i know it's not it's not there yet we can't do it but I absolutely would i think it's it's going to blow up among millennials for that reason just so we can text and scroll instagram it's going to be a thing. And then the rest of us who really want to drive, because I like driving. I, I, I like a car with a manual transmission. And, 
I, I don't know. I mean, it's just the, the driving that I grew up with. So I like to be involved with the vehicle I'm driving. Fair enough. Yeah, no, it's a, it's its own activity. I get that. I respect that. I I've never liked manual. I I, I learned manual driving. Never liked it. It's just not my thing. It's like no, let, let the car do the work for me. Manual driving? You mean, you mean like with a manual transmission? With a manual transmission. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's what I mean. I don't know these terms. It's not. I mean, I know it's still a thing. My my, my brother prefers that. My my younger brother prefers uh, a stick, but that's not me. But anyhow, so I I did want to I did want to follow up on on one of the things that uh, was said in the last segment. You know, because I've seen this a lot. But that that warning on the back of the box for the masks, what that warning is, and I appreciate your comment, Dave. But you know what that warning is. Is it's basically a thing to, to cover the butt of the um, mask manufacturer. They just don't want to make any sort of implied guarantee that it's going to prevent you from getting sick. It's not that they're not helpful, but there is legitimately a warning on the back of the box, and it says uh, this product's an ear loop mask. Product is not a respirator. Will not provide any protection against COVID nineteen, coronavirus, or any other viruses or contaminants. That that's a real thing. It's not fake news. But it's more of like a legal cover their butt type of thing. So you don't think that wearing a mask means that you have a super virus shield that will protect you from getting sick. Well, for what you know, reasonable minds can differ on this. I understand. Here we go with the, the you know the mask uh, debate. And again, I got yelled at in Home Depot by one of the customers, uh, middle aged woman. Sir, you're supposed to have a mask on. I said, uh, really, and uh, so which made her mad. Uh, but, but I don't know. I also had a doctor's appointment this week, earlier this week, and the doctor showed up and you know, I was in the exam room. He came in wearing his mask. He said, I can't take these blanking masks. He said, they're worthless. They're stupid. He said, try, try wearing this thing all day. I, I couldn't. I mean, you know, I, I, I just come back to the, the plain and simple fact that your mouth is your body's exhaust pipe. I mean... I'm sorry. You know, it's one way to look at it. Unless, but it's true. I mean, unless you've just been to a Mexican restaurant, your mouth, your mouth, ladies and gentlemen, is your exhaust pipe, and so you are constantly exhaling. And the exhalation uh, is your body getting rid of, you know, waste material, CO2, which our body doesn't need. Plants like it, but we don't. Uh, viruses, you know, you're you're uh, uh, you're constantly ex- uh, exhaling all this bacteria. It's just, you know, we're kind of dirty critters. I'm sorry, but that's the truth, not to be gross. Uh, and you you put a mask on and you keep it on your face for a prolonged period of time, and you're constantly in, re-inhaling all of your, all of your body's, uh, all the stuff that your body's trying to get rid of, right? Uh, and uh, you're not certainly not supposed to wear a mask all day long, but I see people doing it. I know some people do. And again, you, I, some people, you know, have to for their job. And for the most part, when you have a mask, if you have it, those those paper surgical masks, those are one-time use. You're supposed to throw those out. I, I've heard of people using them for, like, weeks, and you're supposed to do that. That is how you can actually get sick. Same with the cloth mask. People are like, oh, you're supposed to wash them? Yeah, you're supposed to wash them every day. If that's what you, you know, are wearing, wash your cloth mask, for goodness sakes. Otherwise, like, it is going to fill up with grossness. It doesn't really restrict your airflow all that much from everything that I've seen. But I do want to bring up the idea of like mandatory mass laws because they're coming back in other states in, in New York state. I, I believe the executive order has expired for the mask law, but 
a lot of stores are requiring it anyway. But I want to talk about what's going on in Oregon because there is a mask law out of Lincoln County, Oregon that is bizarre to me. And and you and I, we I think you and I, Bob, have talked about this on the show. I know Sean and I have talked about it on this show. I'm not a, I'm not for mandatory mask laws. I, I don't think it's a good idea. I think that every time you have a law, there is an opportunity for violence to be used against peaceful people. You know, if you don't want to wear a mask, I I disagree with you. But yeah, that should be your right. You should be able to do that. And I don't think that the police should get involved in that situation, which is what laws do. Now. I think people understood that criticism. I think people out in uh, in Oregon understood that criticism. And so when they made a mask law, they, they heard that and they said, you're right. Maybe police, you know, would, would use this and they, they'd use it discriminately and, and they could use violence against people. These liberals, these well-meaning liberals out here. So what they did is they created a mandatory mask law because they felt like masking was important. And then they made a, a bunch of exemptions to that law. So exemptions are people with medical conditions children under 12, people with disabilities that prevents uh, face covering, and people of color who have highlighted concerns about racial profiling and harassment due to face coverings in public. Oh, my gosh. Are you, you, you've got, you can't make this stuff up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is parody. This is... Oh, it's parody. <laughs> okay, all right. No, no, it's a, you know, it, it feels like parody. It's, it's not, not parody? It's not parody. This is real news. Like, I, I was like, I looked at it, it was like this local news station. All right, they got to be wrong. And then they linked to the actual, like, document from Lincoln County, Oregon. Um, it's a real thing. Um, it feels like parody, though. But it's not they, racist. You know, it's not racist, though, to say that, that people of color don't have to wear a face mask. I mean, that, apparently. I mean, like, again, like, to me, it's like, okay, if, if you're concerned about this, then don't make the law in the first place. If it's not worth it, then just don't make it. Just make it a suggestion. But but exempting people of color specifically from a mask law, do, do the mask law, do, do they help them or not? Is it, does, does the coronavirus not impact them? So Are they not spreading so much the virus? Wrong, so much wrong with that. I don't even know where to start. I, yeah. Behold, ladies and gentlemen, behold the uh the self-loathing of the white liberals who certainly are the people who enacted this i don't believe this was enacted by african-americans I, I i don't believe that in a minute i think uh for a minute i i believe that this was the you know the typical guilty white liberal who has to feel morally superior saying you know what it's 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 okay it's all right they you know we don't need to protect ourselves from uh african-american or or other people of color who who, who may be sick, because that's that could be interpreted as racist. I mean, yeah. it, it, it also it also puts on display the the deceit and the hypocrisy of the you know the the white liberal elites. Yeah, we, we, masks are are becoming like a religious icon in this country, and how we separate people, whether or not they're maskers or not maskers, and and then they come out with this rule. Yeah, I mean, just again to me, I, I don't think, I don't think it's still a, a crazy notion that laws should be applied equally to all people, <laughs> no, right? Like no, that, if, not you, crazy if you're an adult, yeah. I mean, it, but I mean, maybe it, it starts to feel like it sometimes. You know, I look at the laws like this, and you know, and again, I'm I'm sympathetic to not masking laws, but I'm sympathetic to to wearing masks in public. I'm sympathetic to like police violence impacting you know minorities disproportionately. I'm sympathetic to that stuff, but I see this stuff and I'm like. Man, middle America thinks these guys look like a bunch of goofballs. Like, what? 
Like, what are, what are they even doing? Like, we're, we're creating race-based laws out in Oregon to exempt people of color from wearing masks. Why? Again, you turn it around. I mean, imagine a, a law that gets passed that mandates the wearing of masks by people of color, but whites don't have to. Yeah, no, if you, you flipped it around, it would look bonkers and racist. Because it, it is be. bonkers and it is racist either way. Yeah. All right, well, we'll continue this discussion and maybe some other stuff in the last segment coming up. Thanks again for listening to Radio Free New York. Talk to you soon. Radio Free New York. All right, welcome back to Radio Free New York. We're talking about uh, some of the more interesting masking laws coming out of this country. I, I did look. At, I looked up their website, and they apparently updated the order a couple days ago to remove uh, that part of it. Mm. The the people of color being exempted from it. Uh, I guess they got enough people who were scratching their heads at that and wondering what on earth they were thinking or shaking their fists uh, you know yeah I, I think that this is this is standard operating procedure for the left i think they put outrageous stuff out there just to see how far they can push the the uh, narrative I, you know and if, if it, it, what they do is they back away and pretend like it never happened which is obviously what's going on here but the, the scary thing about some of these things like jay inslee's masks for everyone all the time order is this is observed by the likes of andy cuomo you know, who who watches, observes, and learns. And before you know it, that sets a precedent for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Andrew Cuomo would have no issue taking the lead on ridiculous draconian laws. Uh, he, he seems to want the national spotlight on this. By the way, Bob, did you, did you see the uh, video that he did to commemorate his last day of press conferences? Oh, my gosh. No, but I, w when the press conferences ended, I did buy a round of drinks for everybody. I got to say, <laughs> hooray! We don't have to hear from Governor Cuomo every day. I mean, we get we get more stuff like the the travel restrictions, and maybe we get in that in a second. But yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, there's there's a whole video just glorifying the governor's team for what a great job that he did. Oh, yeah. Thank you, King Andy, for saving all of us. No, thank you, thank you for the slaughterhouse of New York nursing homes. Yeah, the great great job. And then figuring out a way to lie about it afterwards. Yep. Lie, shift, blame, as any professional politician would do. Good job. Especially the incompetent ones because they have to lie so much more often. Yeah. So absolutely ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I mean, this type of stuff, like, again, the, the, the outdoor thing, I, I said, I'm, I'm not totally with the end of mass thing, but, but you don't have to wear it outdoors all the time. If you're not near anyone, you're outside, you don't need to wear a mask that's silly. You're not near anyone. It's there to pre prevent the spread of, of disease. If you're out in the woods by yourself or with someone in your household, wearing a mask out there ain't going to do anything. Again, uh, being the observer of people in traffic that I am, how many times do you see a driver, the only person in the car driving along with a mask on? Yeah, so, like, I get it. If you're if you're going from one store to another in, like, five seconds, you don't want to touch your face, I get that. If you're wearing it on the highway for, like, 40 minutes... <laughs> That's right. Not only do you have a mask on, you are surrounded by 3,800 pounds of steel, glass, aluminum, plastic. You're hermetically sealed with a climate control system operating. What do you need the mask for? Yeah. 
Yeah, I ain't, ain't doing anything at at that point. Because like I said, there there is a thing that goes too far. People like, because walking around my neighborhood, I'll see that sometimes too. And you know, we're walking outside. We're I'm staying far apart from people. I want to respect their personal space. You know, but but people get upset sometimes when I you know I don't wear a mask walking my dog because again I'm not near anyone. But the, it can it, it can be taken too far. Yeah, I'll give you all that. It's I, uh, I think there's some use of it. But, it can be taken too far. Well, yeah, I think the primary use in those circumstances, frankly, is virtue signaling. I think that's all it is. I mean, it, that that is part of it. It's to show that you are serious about the disease. And again, it is a real thing. It's out there. Texas has faced some issues right now. Florida is facing some issues right now, which is why our dear leader, Andrew Cuomo, has issued some new travel restrictions in partnership with several other states in the region to say that if you are from Florida, uh, or or a couple other hotspot states that if you're coming into New York, you got to be quarantined, which uh, Andrew Cuomo was very upset about when it was happening to New Yorkers. Understandably so. I didn't like it. We didn't like it. We want to talk about it. But now, now shoes on the other foot. If you're coming in from one of these other states or even just going down there for a vacation or whatever, you got to do a quarantine. Um, that's what it is. So, so good luck if you don't have two to four weeks of just uh, hanging out and you don't need to be anywhere. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, you're stuck. Well, that's a great move because I think that uh, there are aspects of the, you know, the uh, New York state economy that Andy Cuomo has not trashed yet. And uh, what this will have, of course, is a major negative impact on tourism in New York, which is uh, supposedly one of our big uh, one of our big rainmakers here. So, yeah, let's uh, let's make sure that we uh, put a wet blanket on that as well. Uh, and uh, try to try to keep the state economy as uh, moribund as possible. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like again, you're outdoors, you're out in space. Like you can go up to the Adirondacks, you can you can socially distance up there. You can find ways to to, to go out and camp safely. And and I, I want to mention all the states too because I, I closed my uh, article before I could do it. Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas. Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Utah, and Texas. Yeah, so even if uh, Disney World was open, you wouldn't be able to get back without yeah. quarantining. Well, that's just great. It was that's a problem. So uh, the the Libertarians, the Libertarian Party, is supposed to have their convention down in Orlando, uh, July 9th. Oh no! So uh, us New York delegates, we're we're like, all right, well. How do we go? We're, we're supposed to be quarantined down to Florida. If we go down there, they see you have New York plates, or you fly down there, they want you to quarantine for two weeks. Uh, we're, you know, probably about to miss the boat on that right now. Is that less than two weeks away? Yeah. So you, you'd have to go and do it today. You'd have to get down there today, quarantine for two weeks down to Florida, and then you do the convention, and then quarantine for another two weeks when you come back up to New York. So you know, good job. You've now lost, you know, four weeks of your life at least to do that. <laughs> you know you're in trouble. Yeah, just keep on stacking up those uh, those abridgments of our constitutional freedoms, freedom to uh, travel and you know assemble and uh, petition for redress of grievances. Uh, that's all out the window. That was all just a bunch of old white slave owners. So who cares? Yeah, all that stuff's out the window. You know, uh, fly. Ooh, someone says fly into Atlanta. Maybe uh, that could be that could be something. I don't know, I don't know how to get around it. I'm not going to suggest any ways to get around it. I don't, know, I don't know what kind of trouble that puts me in, but 
Well, the town of yeah, Oxford, I mean, Massachusetts may come and shut down Radio Free New York. Because, that's right. Because they, they obviously think they run the world. So Feels like a bit of mission creep, but I'm just saying. With the know, emphasis not... on creep, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, no, I, you know, again, I, I, I said this last time too. I don't, I don't like the, the travel restrictions. I don't like the creepiness of like driving into a place and they're inspecting your plates and, you know, you've got national guard people telling you, you know, you got to go quarantine for two weeks and in, in somewhere like, I think that's a, that's a really dangerous precedent, especially if you're coming from a place like, again, the Finger Lakes region, the number of cases up here, very small, not a lot of cases. It's relatively low risk. You know, we, we, are in the process of opening up. That's a great thing. I wish Florida wasn't being jerks about uh, us going down there, and I wish it vice versa. Uh, you know, if I if I want to go down there and be down in Florida for a while, I should take some precautions while I'm down there. I should take some precautions when I'm back. But being quarantined in my home for a couple weeks, nah, not a big fan of that. Maybe well, maybe that's what you should do to be responsible. But like, I, I don't like the state enforcing it. Well, the nonsensicality of all this is uh, is underlined by uh, some numbers that just came out about the recent. A traditional flu season that just came out. Uh, that's uh, it had to do with the vaccine. The vaccine. Now, it, what's the, we're not hearing a lot about. All what we need is we need to have a vaccine for coronavirus. We're not hearing much about that because <laughs> here's why. Uh, turns out that the vaccine for the was it the H1N1, whatever the most recent uh, flu season was, was thirty percent effective. Uh, typically, in medical circles, I am told that vaccines are not considered effective unless they uh, unless they positively impact ninety percent of sick sick people who get the vaccines. So uh, it's ninety percent is the is the bar that they aim at. Thirty percent uh, is what we accomplished last year with the with the flu shots, and. This this is supposed to save us from coronavirus. I think that's highly unlikely at this juncture. Well, I, I think it's got to be a combination of things, right? Like, so the vaccine it's going to be tough with coronavirus. You know, we the the vaccine for the the first SARS. What I don't think it ever even really came out into the full production by the time like the the pandemic had uh, the short outbreak had died down. But you know, with with vaccines again, I think thirty percent effective. That's better than zero. You know, like if I if I had you know body armor that covered 30 percent of my body that's better than zero percent of my body that's the way i look at it so all these things in in combo could be good but it's not going to be any one thing we can't keep the economy on ice for two years while we wait for a vaccine either exactly you know we're going to destroy our entire economy our wealth and our society in that process we can't do it we've got to allow freedom we've got to allow development and we've got to allow people to find their own solutions all right yeah so assumption of the risk it's called yep Absolutely. So thanks again for joining us here on Radio Free New York. We'll be back tomorrow with more Radio Free New York. Talk to you then.